0: Welcome to Home Design Chat with Nancy. We're all about your home, kitchens, baths, tile, appliances, and more. You name it, we chat about it. And now on with the show. Well, today is July 11th, and Lisa Rain with Berkshire Hathaway has been with us before. She is the real estate expert, at least my real estate expert. (laughs) And Lisa's going to tell us what's going on in Phoenix. Hey, Lisa, thanks a lot for stopping by to chat with me. Hey,
1: thanks, Nancy. It's nice to see you again.
0: Well, let's tell everybody we're not seeing each other because of the pandemic. We're doing this remotely.
1: Well, it's as much seeing, I guess, as we do these days, right? That's
0: true. (laughs) That's true. So tell me, Lisa, what's going on in the Phoenix market?
1: Well, that is probably the question I get asked the most these days. Everybody is curious to understand how all of the goings-on with the pandemic and the economy are affecting real estate in the Phoenix market. And it's interesting right now to see what, I guess, is and isn't happening. I think a lot of people expected a huge stall in the market. And in fact, that's really not happening. What did happen is we saw a drop-off in sale. I guess, first of all, I should put it in context. context. Um, okay. Up until uh, March the Phoenix market was actually one of the hottest in the countries. Um, Hot strong, being the operative word, I guess. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Strongest, let's say in the country. Yeah. So, oh, um, yeah strong uh, increases in um, the value of homes, p- quick sales paces, few days on the market, every all the indicators that would indicate a, a good real estate market were a good residential real estate market were in mm-hmm. place. Then came March uh, or towards the end of March And I don't remember the day we went on lockdown, but nonetheless, uh, what did happen is we saw a real quick drop in showings in April and May, you know, it just kind of almost they fell off the cliff, but for understandable reasons, people weren't really out looking at houses. So if they're not out looking at houses, they're not out buying houses. So new sales and showings were down. Ironically, closings didn't really fall off that much because when you think about it, the things that closed in April were under contract in February and March, right? Right, right. So, yeah, we didn't see a, a real huge drop-off in closings in April, May, a little bit in June, a little bit of a, little bit of a closing drop-off in May, and then a little bit in June. Mm-hmm. We did see some sellers, after the pandemic really kind of took hold, take houses off the market,
0: uh, that I know for a fact because I like looking at houses for sale, and I noticed the inventory shrank a lot.
1: Well, it's been tight anyway, so that's one yeah. of the factors that's really influencing the Phoenix market right now. In a healthy market, there's three, four months of supply. You, you can play with that number a little bit. It can go higher. Uh, we're In the last month or so, we're really between one and two months of supply, and that's very low. And then during the pandemic, again at the, in the initial stages of the pandemic, people did take combs off the market. Everybody was just kind of frozen and waiting to see what happened. I don't know that that's happening so much now. We're just back to our typical lack of inventory.
0: Mm-hmm. Do the have you seen a lot of people put their house on the market to get out of Arizona since we lead um, with numbers in the pandemic uh, situation? Do people no, want to get at
1: out? All. Not at all. I. People are still putting their houses on the market for the normal reasons, you know, um, a divorce, they need more space for their family, they're downsizing, they're upsizing, you know, all the reasons that your housing needs changed. Those are all the reasons that I'm seeing people put houses on the market. We are seeing a lot of uh, population growth here and a lot of in-migration is really what we're seeing. The builders are reporting, in particular, the home builders are reporting a lot of inquiries from more dense places like New York, uh, like California, Los Angeles, um, into places. Phoenix is the number one in migration, people moving here, in the country. Mm -hmm.
0: So our population is still exploding. It's always been um, one of the leaders of where people Want to move to? I don't know why. Because next, well, in the next couple of days, we're going to hit 117 degrees. But (laughs) but why do you and I live here? We don't have to shovel snow. So I guess people are still finding this area very attractive.
1: Very much so. So Phoenix is really. When you look at markets across the country, it's got all the. and, And people say, "Well, why isn't? Why aren't we seeing more of a crisis here?" Well, all the things that make a market strong are here. We've got job growth, even pandemic. You know, aside. We, in the long run, we've got good job growth. Incomes are growing here. We see tech coming in here. We see the diversification. It's not just um, a development market, a real estate and construction market like it used to be. There's tech mm-hmm. here. There's all kinds of different health cares here. A lot, of good, a lot of distribution centers coming in here. So there's a lot of good population growth and job growth. And then again, some of these um, coastal or populous markets where people are saying you know, they're just done for various reasons. Um, they're coming to places like Phoenix. It's still the cost of living, cost of housing, cost of living are very reasonable compared to, as we know, some of the coastal markets.
0: Hmm. What about the mortgage rates? Have they helped, I'm sure? Well, of course, to- yeah. What are they now?
1: <laughs> right. The last I heard, they're ranging. Again, you got to be careful when you talk about mortgage rates because there's so many factors in. But I think the last thing I heard was something around 2.75 for 30 years. Let's say, let's just say somewhere between 2.75 and 3.5 is where it's been hovering for the last historically extremely low.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, the other thing that's happening in the market is that because there's so little inventory, um, the builders are very busy. So, when you can't buy an existing home, what's the first thing you do? You go out and buy a new home, right?
0: Yeah, and finally, we're new still-
1: homes, yeah, you can get a lot of the energy efficient, green efficient, a lot of the things you can't really find in a 30, 40 year old home, you can go out and buy a new home. So for some demographics, you know, a new home provides an option that there, you know, a lot of green building is going on, that type of thing.
0: Are you seeing a lot of infills popping up?
1: Some infill, I haven't seen, there's definitely infill, no question.
0: I think that's one of the best um, bargains, I guess, because you're already in an established neighborhood, at least to me, it is.
1: Well, infill can mean a lot of things. It can mean building one house on one lot, you know, a vacant lot or tearing something Mm -hmm. down. And there's certainly that going on in some pockets. So there's Arcadia, Central Scottsdale, Paradise Valley, you know, some of those areas where you see a lot of infill, that type of growth. But infill can also mean, you know, um, uh, let's say a two acre parcel on a corner somewhere where you go in with a four story building and 20 apartments or who knows how many units. So that's also infill. And there's still some of that going on quite a bit actually in the central. So yeah, there's growth in in all facets in Phoenix right now. Mm -hmm. I will say one thing that has slowed down a little bit in the last couple months is the luxury market. So anything, you know, anything under a million still strong, still going with in many cases, many cases, multiple offers, um, escalation clauses, you know, very few days on the market. Things sell quickly in the first week or sometimes in the first day. Um, but over a million, it's slowed down a little bit. And oh. that kind of makes sense in that when you get into those higher price points, many of those purchases are are more optional. It's one of multiple homes. You know, they can, they can sit back and decide to buy or sell when may, and the stock market's um, a factor when you get into the higher price points. So yeah, the higher price points are are, are still a little sluggish.
0: Yeah, in I years. can imagine. What's mm-hmm. the most popular area that you work in? I know you work in Maricopa County.
1: But- yeah, I mean, I work all over Maricopa County. There's a lot of ways to answer that question. Certainly anything central Scottsdale is busy. The East Valley is still very busy. A lot of new construction out there, but some beautiful older communities Uh, If you want to look at just activity, Northwest Phoenix, especially builder activity, Northwest Phoenix, Peoria, Surprise, that sort of thing. And then Southwest, um, Buckeye, Goodyear, Litchfield Park, very busy out there. So Mm. um, I'm up in Scottsdale, North Scottsdale, quite a bit of the time. And again, that's a, a, a very busy, busy area as well.
0: Well, for those people who aren't familiar with the Phoenix area, and there's a lot of people outside of Arizona that listen to this, um, maybe they're not aware that uh, Phoenix in the Phoenix area and the surrounding towns actually grow out in every which way because they can uh, just expand because we've got so much desert. Correct. It's,
1: it's a builder friendly, a building friendly or development friendly market um, geographically. Like you say, it's big and it's flat and yeah. it goes on for miles. Yes. And it's also historically been pretty development friendly. Again, yeah. compared to say California or maybe New York, some of the coastal markets, it's it's relatively less red tape and less expensive to build here. So yes. yes. And they can just uh, remember, Yeah, you can drive one side of Phoenix to the other. Let's just say you have a house that needs, I don't know, new flooring. What yeah. have you e- And easily you can start on one side of Phoenix and drive to the other side and it's a 4-hour drive if you have a little traffic. So
0: Yeah. So I know there's a lot of people um, moving in here for many, many reasons. And even though we have 117 degree heat, they're still coming in. People wonder, how do we live in this desert? Well, I keep saying we all have ceiling fans, no matter what the weather, (laughs) we (laughs) have to use these ceiling fans, even in the winter. And don't miss the... uh, fantastic sale that Premier Lighting is having on these fans. They've extended the sale till the end of July should probably go to the end of August because the heat is ridiculous. But you can go on their website and you can check out their fans. They've got gorgeous fans. And their website is shoppremier.com. That's shoppremier.com. They also ship. So if many of you don't live in the Phoenix area, you can still shop online. And they will ship and they will talk to you about what you need. And they will answer any questions you might have. You can call them at 623-907-2669. That's 623-907-2669. And don't buy a fan unless you visit shoppremier.com. I don't know about you, Lisa, but I have all my fans going right now. It is hot.
1: Absolutely. you got to have your ceiling fans. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I know. Okay. So let's talk about migration analysis. What does that mean? What are we doing here?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, we were talking about it a little bit before. We were just talking about the fact that um, – Buyers are moving around now, and you, everybody's speculating as to what the impact of coronavirus is going to be long-term, and certainly housing is one area that that consideration is happening. So one it- thing that is appears to be happening, as people work more online and school more online, geographic location becomes more flexible, right? hmm uh-huh. So based on inquiries, online inquiries, the tracking shows that people are online more actively looking at different markets, and that's measured. What markets are they looking at? How many times is a certain market clicked on? What areas in that market are clicked on, right? So the people that are out there looking are clicking more um, Mm -hmm. on homes outside their current area. And then again, what they're seeing is they're driving; they're coming out of California, and then where they're going is to Phoenix, to Dallas, to Austin, right? Some of those places. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of interesting on how that um, is impacting, kind of a quick impact of the coronavirus and its results on our on our housing or future housing.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you about uh, the idea of people looking for a couple of different things since this pandemic hit? Um, I did a podcast about how the design of homes are going to change based on the pandemic problem we have. And are more people asking for, say, home offices or space in the home that they can work out of?
1: this thing's pretty new. So I don't know that it's, there's enough really hard data out there what I am seeing is that, yeah, home office is definitely, the consideration of home office space is, has been important in the past period of time, but it's even more important now. And one of the design trends, really, of the last 20 years has been the great room concept, which is one great big open space in the home that can function as dining room, family room, kitchen. It's all, you know, the island is there. And then the bedrooms off to the side. Well, what some people are noticing now is that that doesn't give enough privacy for a family or multiple people. Let's say in a a dwelling, family
0: or not, because they're experiencing being together more than they've ever been before.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, everybody's working on a laptop and they've got or whatever devices they've got. There's that kind of computer background. Sure. You know, they're talking on on calls just as we are. So, yeah, private areas of the home are more important Mm -hmm. than they were. There's an interest in – there's more of an active interest in everybody's workspace in the home. I can see that,
0: especially if the kids are going to be homeschooled. Or Mm -hmm. I know in Arizona they're going to have to be on a computer six hours a day for the first month starting mid-July, which uh, I would think if I was a kid it would be hard to concentrate if I had the TV right there.
1: Right, exactly. Right. That's the spaces. Yeah. And I would say that's the, the quick impact to the home. It's too too early to tell what the long-term impact might be. Mm-hmm. But the other impact I think that is current in due to the pandemic, and I don't think it's going to go away, is that the pandemic has influenced quite quickly the marketing of homes. It as we all know that, you know, there's been online photos and videos of homes for a long time. But with the pandemic, people have become much more active in choosing homes online. Mm-hmm. Now, they typically don't actually sign a contract without, without seeing the home in person. But before a buyer has set foot in a home, they've done a much more exhaustive search or, you know, into that home online. So they've looked at the video, they've looked at the um, and all of the photos, they've read all of the associated material, they've got on, and they've looked at the satellite photos. So that's all, all much more intense now than it was before, and I don't think that's going to go away.
0: I agree because look at the time they save and the gas they save. It makes sense to do your shopping, and then when you narrow it down to a couple of houses, then go out to see it in person and midnight, you
1: know what I mean? It's like you yeah. do it all 24 hours a day. But think about what that means in terms of marketing. So those photographs that, you know, years ago, the photographs that you would put online, well, wherever you, years ago you put them in a book, but wherever you post your images, years ago, you know, one or two images might be sufficient. Well, now if you don't have Multi, you know 20 images 30 images 50 right. images and more importantly if you don't have the right one if your photography's poor you know i've had buyers call me and say you know i i really don't think i'm going to go look at the house because the kitchen cabinets look a little pink you know in the <laughs> photograph <laughs> it, truly yeah so they're really paying attention and making viewing decisions and buying so your pictures have to be crisp and the color has to be right and the lighting has to be right
0: Boy, it just, it's
1: really more important than it ever has been
0: I've been looking at houses online because that's my hobby. I look at houses, see what's going on, how they're decorating. And I've come across a couple that are just so cluttered. Don't mm-hmm. these people realize you can't, once you take the picture, it goes online. You can't say, well, you know, let's sh- Photoshop that and clean it up. So they, if they're going to sell their house, I, I know this is off topic, but I think they should unclutter it, clean it up a little and make it as pristine as possible. It'll sell faster, don't you think?
1: Absolutely. No, absolutely. It'll sell faster. And that's part of, you know, especially if you're working with someone who's professional, working with a realtor, that's their job is to help you help a, buy, a seller decide what's important to do in a home before you go on the market. Now there's decluttering just in general for showings and whatnot, sure. but there's also decluttering for photographs. You know, you come oh, yeah. in and you take all that stuff off the kitchen counter for photographs. So yeah, decluttering in general and the appearance in general is, it's always been important. It's even more mm-hmm. so in, mm-hmm. in today's market. Hey, so the wanted... other thing I would say in addition, and maybe, they're connect, maybe it's connected to the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, but the other thing that's really affecting home sales and buyers' expectations of a home are all of the reality TV shows, all of the do-it-yourself shows, um, decorating shows, whatnot. Mm -hmm. I think what's happened out of that is that buyers have a much more sophisticated understanding or belief in what their finishes should be in their home. You know, that's paint, counters, flooring. Um, They expect their homes to look like that remodeled home they show on XYZ TV. Um, And so homes that need a lot of repair struggle a little bit in today's market. Mm -hmm. They really do.
0: That's a um, good point.
1: Yeah, I, want,
0: I wanted to ask you about condos. Are condos still popular? And when we say condos, true. what's the difference between a condo and a townhouse?
1: Well, in a condo, you own the, I mean, typically, legally, you own the airspace in a condo, mm-hmm. whereas in a townhome, you actually own the ground underneath the airspace. So that's the ownership. I mean, from a From a, a physical structure perspective, they could look the same, but it really is more legally what you what you actually own
0: okay what but about the account? idea
1: of multiple or attached units sure think about it there's all kinds of reasons that a person could want um either you don't need much space you like the communal kind of you know having more people around you you want to be in an urban area
0: or um, a gated community.
1: great a great way for people to get into investing is mm-hmm.
0: condos so they're popular right oh yeah of course. Good. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking we should probably do this podcast again after the pandemic. Oh, I hope it's not going to be for, you know, more than another six months. Mm.
1: Well, either way, we'll get through it. We'll we'll keep keep on keeping on.
0: Yeah. The only thing we can do is follow the rules, and hopefully all this will be done with pretty soon. Hey, Lisa, I want to thank you for taking the time to go through this. I hope this helped a lot of people, and I hope they enjoyed this podcast. And I know I always enjoy talking to you, Lisa.
1: Well, you it's always great talking to you, Nancy. You have a great weekend, okay?
0: Well, you too. And I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the platform that you're using to listen to these podcasts. And don't forget to share them with your friends. Don't keep them a secret. We are full of very interesting ideas and information. If you want to learn more about me, go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions for Lisa or for myself, email me at at nancyhugo.com. Stay safe and have a great day.